This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. The Bigger Picture on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. Welcome to Front Row under the MCO. It's me, Tisha Ig and Juliet Jacobs. It's Friday today, but for many of you working from home, perhaps the days have become a bit of a blur. <laughs> but nonetheless, we're here at the 12.30 hour with our recommendations of arts, culture and entertainment that's being made freely available for audiences worldwide during this pandemic. First up today, we have some local comedy for you. Now, more than ever, we all probably need a bit of laughter in our lives. And thankfully, over the past past couple of weeks, we've seen plenty of stand-up comedians coming together and performing for free on various platforms such as Facebook and Instagram. But come 19th of April, we will all be treated to a stand-up comedy show unlike any other. That's right. So Couch Potato Comedy is bringing us a huge 24-hour online comedy marathon and the event will see 24 hours of continuous online comedy shows from 24 different comedy clubs from all across the globe. Um, So how does it work exactly? Well, the event kicks off at about 2am Malaysia time on the 19th of April and each hour of this festival will be hosted by a different comedy club including Malaysia's own Crack House Comedy Mm. and the live stream will be shared on the Facebook pages of all 24 of these comedy clubs Um, but you know you just need to head to the Crack House Comedy Club KL's Facebook page if you want to watch the entire event. So what's also interesting about this show is that all these comedians will be performing from their own homes. Stand-up comedy is something that usually requires a lot of crowd interaction where the performers can feed off the crowd's energy so it's going to be interesting to see how they mould their performances to suit this online setting when they don't have that crowd uh, you know to draw from. Yeah to to kind of banter with, That's right. To, yeah, to know, be heckled yeah, and stuff to, like that. To pick on them as well. That's right. So, yeah. um, so this event will actually will kick off from the Netherlands before moving to Barcelona, uh, Manchester, London, Ireland, Sao Paulo, um, Ottawa, and a few cities in the US. Uh, then also to Auckland, Hong Kong, Ho Chi Minh, and Kuala Lumpur. From there, it moves on to Singapore, Bangkok, Dubai, Prague, Helsinki, Krakow, um, Tel Aviv, Berlin, and the marathon ends back in Barcelona. So each country or city will feature around five comedians and we are going to focus on our own local acts who will be performing. First up, we have Dr. Jason Leong, who I'm sure many of you are familiar with. Um, Dr. Jason actually practiced medicine for five years and for the latter three of his practicing years, he did stand-up comedy simultaneously. Uh, In fact, in in an interview with the South China Morning Post, he said, it got to a point where I needed to give one up and it was the easiest choice I've ever made. No regrets. So where has it gotten him? Well, um, here's a short snippet from Dr. Jason's show called You Stupid or What? <laughs> and see, my mom was also a very confusing parent. No? Typical Malaysian, very confusing parent. No? Like, you know, when I was 17 years old, you guys remember 17, eh? studying for SPM. Uh, studying for my SPM, working very hard. And my mom wanted to know, motivate me, but she don't want to put too much pressure. So my mom said to me, a very confusing mom said, Jason, my son, as long as you try your best and you work your hardest, mama will still love you, no matter what kind of A1 you get. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Ma. No pressure. Thank you very much. Thank you. No pressure. Very good. Very good. Right. And when I was much younger, seven years old, I remember uh, I broke the TV in the living room. Right? The TV was smashed to pieces. And my mom wanted to scold me. But even when my mom was scolding, my mom damn confusing. This is how my mom scolded me. Eh? TV smashed to pieces. My mom said, Jason, you broke the TV again. You stupid or what? Because Malaysian parents like to give options during child abuse. 
You stupid or what? How to answer the question? <laughs> what is the answer? <laughs> right? You stupid or what? Okay? Why is it that the word what, which usually we use to start the question, is now at the end of the question leading to more questions? Right? You stupid or what? How to answer? <laughs> I don't know how to answer the question. I feel stupid, you know. <laughs> And that's the problem. We Malaysians, we don't know how to ask questions. Hence the title of the show, You Stupid or What? We Malaysians, we always ask questions in a very confusing way. I give you a few examples of how we ask questions I'm sure you heard before. For example, uh, hey, Jason, later for dinner, you want to go to Mama or where? Hey, Jason, later we go to Mama, you want to drive or how? Why you never answer? You stupid or what? How to answer? It's ridiculous. So that was Dr. Jason Leong. But next up, we have Kevin J. So this grumpy matcha, which is um, his words, not mine, <laughs> is angry about everything. Mm. Um, in fact, he was once voted Malaysia's grumpiest comedian because he can't stop complaining about everything. Uh, but I think that's why we love him. He pokes fun at everything we're angry at. Um, and so watching him perform can be rather, I guess, um, cathartic or therapeutic. Um, he's also very politically incorrect, but it's obvious that he comes from a place of love. In 2018, he um, Netflix produced his first comedy special, which was groundbreaking for the comedy scene here in Malaysia and on top of that he's also the only Asian com comedian listed in the top 10 of the rap's 2019's best Netflix mm. comedy specials and he's performed you know all over the world but here's a short clip of Kevin Jay's stand-up comedy special everybody calm down but there was one thing I didn't get over which is the way the British people told time which was very different from the rest of the world because I'm used to the usual way that we have learned in school, which was if you ask someone the time, they would look at you and go 8.30, 4.15. So easy, right? But as a 17-year-old boy, I remember asking someone the time, he looks at me, he says, quarter past four. And I looked at him, I said, why are you making me do maths? <laughs> I asked for a type, not a riddle. Why are you doing? <laughs> why am I solving a quadratic equation right now? <laughs> why do I need a scientific calculator to tell the time? Why? Why? Right? I, then I realized that sometimes they don't even tell you the hour. They just look at you and go, it is half past. When British people ask me the time, right? Because it took me three years. It, it took me three years, right? For, for I was there for five years. For the first three years, I didn't know what time it was. <laughs> the whole time, I just kept looking at the sun. <laughs> Where's the sun? 
Kevin uh, needs to calm down, perhaps. <laughs> um, so it's not all just men. So one of the women representing Malaysia in this 24-hour comedy marathon is Hanan Azlan. Hanan may only be in her mid-20s, but she boldly pokes at white privilege, racial politics, gender roles and conventional sexuality in hilarious fashion. The best part is she does it while playing the ukulele. She's often um, very inappropriate, but um, that's why she's so magnetic. Uh, and in 2019, Hanan was featured on Comedy Central Asia's Stand Up Asia and was personally chosen to open for Ronnie Ching in his homecoming show. So here's a short clip of Hanan Aslan performing at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Hello everybody. Hi, my name is Hanan. I'm from Malaysia. I come from a mixed race family. My mother is half Malay, half Chinese and my father is white, which is why I'm here tonight. <laughs> Which one of you is my real father? Daddy? I'm only playing. I only said that because you look like a runner. This is a song that I wrote about my parents. I resent you. This next song was written <laughs> This one is called My Best Friend My best friend is an owl Oh, that was Hanan Aslan performing at the Melbourne Comedy Fest. And another comedian that we'd like to highlight is Douglas Lim. Mm. Uh, he's been performing for over 20 years and is one of the veterans and probably most one of the most notable names in the scene here. And his excellent observational humour has really earned him the moniker of King of Malaysian Comedy. And Douglas, of course, has made an impact as Stephen, the stylist on Kopitiam. Oh, um, yes. You know, for those of you who don't know, um, and in Malaysia's, that was one of Malaysia's most successful English it sitcoms. Was, yeah. yeah, and his wit and comedic timing in the series earned him a Best Actor in a Comedy at the Asian Television Awards. And in 2017, Douglas broke into the international circuit at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival under Comedy Zone Asia. And apart from that, he has also performed at the prestigious MICF Gala, which aired on ABC Network. Yes, and apart from uh, these comedians we've mentioned, there's also Rizal Van Giesel, who will also be representing Malaysia. So, you know, all of them, you can watch them performing live on the 19th of April. Um, they'll be taking to the virtual stage at 4pm Malaysian time but you know like we said it's a much bigger uh, it's a whole festival in an international one so if you'd like to catch the whole event it starts at 2am we'll go on for 24 hours check out Crack House Comedy KL's Facebook page for the live stream so Couch Potatoes 24 Comedy Festival is free of charge however they are accepting donations for a COVID-19 initiative where all the proceeds will go to the underprivileged and frontline so just uh, as we've said, head on over to Crack House Comedy's Facebook page. There'll be information about that there as well. We'll also be putting a link in our podcast description. Um, we'll be back after the break with our second recommendation of the day. Um, but we'll leave you first with Douglas Lim from Melbourne International Comedy Festival's Comedy Up Late. Salutations. I am from Malaysia. Just arrived Melbourne a week ago. Ah, nice. Uh, quick question. Why are there so many Asians in Australia? <laughs> I was hungry at 6 o'clock. 
I wanted to eat a baguette. Uh, I tried to look for a baguette in Melbourne. Couldn't find a baguette. You know what I found? Asians? They are everywhere. And it's very disappointing for me because you must understand, I did not purposely leave Malaysia and fly eight hours across the Indian Ocean to a whole other continent just so I could blend in. You understand or not? I thought I was going to be special. Exotic even, but no, I got nothing. I've been here a week. Not, a, not one person has stared at me or pointed at me or walked behind me humming ta -da 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 -tang 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 -tang. Nothing, nothing. Can we please have some effort or not, Melbourne? Help me out. Because it's, I, I'm not getting anything. I'm not getting any attention here. And I think I know why. I, I think I know why we like to come here. We like to be here. It's because, Yoela, you are so damn welcoming. You have Asian elements all over the place to make us feel at home. I arrived in Melbourne. There's Chinatown. Chinese museum. Bubble tea. In every corner for a city that is well known for coffee. Why, why are you bending over backwards to please us? Like Chinatown. Trivia. China has many things. You know what it doesn't have? Australia town. <laughs> China doesn't give a finish about you all. Why are you being so nice? Breathe freely, Malaysia. <sighs> BFM 89.9. The Business Station. I feel like my um, presence into every space should be preceded by that. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so that was the overture from the Phantom of the Opera, Andrew Lloyd Webber's hit musical. So no guesses what our second pick for today's front row under the MCO is. I'm T. Shaoik with Juliet Jacobs. Thanks for listening to us. So um, uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber, uh, the world-renowned composer, has also joined the effort to keep audiences occupied during this global lockdown by streaming some of his um, uh, world-renowned productions for free on his new The Shows Must Go On YouTube channel. Uh, and so this weekend, we will be treated to the 25th anniversary production of The Phantom of the Opera, starring Ramin Karimlu, Sierra Borges and Hadley Frazier. I'm so excited. Um, so this 25th anniversary staging, which was produced by Cameron McIntosh, was a lavish, fully staged production set in London's legendary Royal Albert Hall. And it features a cast and orchestra of over 200, plus mm. some very special guest appearances, including original cast members, I'm very excited, Michael Crawford, Sarah mm. Brightman and John Owen Jones. So it's based on the French novel of the same name by Gaston Leroux. Um, the Phantom of the Opera's central plot revolves around a beautiful soprano, Christine Daae, who becomes the obsession of a mysterious, disfigured musical genius living in the catacombs of the Paris Opera House. Uh, he calls himself the Phantom. He devotes himself to creating a new star by nurturing Christine's extraordinary talents and by employing all of the devious methods um, at his command in the process exercising a reign of terror over all who inhabit the Opera House. Yes, and so who is this mysterious Phantom? So, um, in Act 2 of the musical, we find out that, you know, the Phantom 
Phantom is actually a brilliant scholar. He was mm. a magician, an architect, inventor and a composer. But he was born with a terrifyingly deformed face and was um, ostracized mm. for that. And he was feared and reviled by society and he was cruelly exhibited in a cage as part of a travelling fair until he eventually escaped and disappeared. And he subsequently took refuge beneath the opera house, which has now become his home. So it's hard not to sympathise with the Phantom. Right, yeah. um, but even as he wrecks havoc uh, from his subterranean lair beneath the 19th century Parisian Opera House, um, actor Ramin Karimlu, who plays the Phantom in this uh, anniversary staging, said in an article in The Guardian that the Phantom is unhinged. He kills people, he's manipulative, but there is also something about him as an underdog. This is what society has created. How can you not have compassion or empathy for him? Exactly. And um, the musical version of the Phantom of the Opera actually first opened at Her Majesty's Theatre on the 9th of October 1986 and at the Majestic Theatre in New York on the 26th of January 1988 with Michael Crawford, Sarah Brightman and Steve Barton in the leading roles. There have been dozens of productions worldwide since um, and now more than 30 years after the production first opened, the show has won over 70... Uh, has won over 70 mm. major theatre awards and has been seen by hundreds of millions of people worldwide. Uh, Juliet included. Clearly. Oh, clearly. <laughs> Can't even hide it. So how did the idea to take Gaston LaRue's story from page to stage come about in the first place? Here's a clip from andrewlloydweber.com where Lloyd Webber himself and Cameron McIntosh recall the musical staging's origins. The original musical came about in a sort of rather convoluted way, like they always do. Sarah Brightman, um, who I was just about to get married to, was asked if she would do a production of The Phantom of the Opera that was going to use uh, real opera arias by a guy called Ken Hill. And Sarah decided she didn't want to do it. And Cameron McIntosh and I went to go and see it. And to our surprise, um, and I don't mean this in any condescending way, um, we thought it was really rather good. And we were... In fact, so taken with it, we decided to meet up with the writer and director and talk about us possibly bringing the show in to uh, London. We spoke to Ken about the idea and we, we started to develop it with him. And the more we worked with him, the more we realised that actually we weren't being able to improve his vision of it. I mean, he'd done a jolly good job and other than tarted up slightly, um, we didn't really have anything to bring to the party. Cut to sort of six months later, I'm in New York and uh, sort of moseying around one Sunday afternoon with not a lot to do, and I go into one of these book fair places, you know, and there, sitting there, was a copy of The Phantom of the Opera by Gaston Leroux for sort of like, you know, 50 cents or something. I mean, it really it was, was something like that. I thought, well, I've got nothing to do this afternoon, I'll just buy this book and read it. And I read it, and of course, I mean, it's a confused book, to put it mildly. Can't work out what it is exactly. Whether it's a love story, whether it's a detective story, uh, or whether or not it's some kind of thriller, whether or not it's some kind of piece of history that is being told. He's completely um, all over the shop with it. And we thought it was uh, a jolly good plot and rather badly written. Of course, the thing that suddenly came zinging out to me was that it had all these bits of high romance, which I had absolutely no idea about. 1984... I think we were doing Starlight on Broadway and Andrew gave me this book and said, do you think this will make a musical? And, I mean, if you had to pick a subject for a musical, there are certain rules for musicals about things that they have to have in them in order to make them work, most of which are based on whether it's going to be daft when people burst into song or not. 
because basically that's what you have to get over with an audience, is that moment when people start singing. So there has to be passion and obsession so that just words aren't enough, so that the song has to start. And the Phantom of the Opera is about one of the great obsessives in history. Great obsessives in history, <laughs> I love it. So um, the rest is history, as they mm. say. Um, Phantom is arguably uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber's greatest hit of them all. It's um, by far the longest-running show in Broadway's history. Yeah. It has grossed more than $6 billion worldwide. And the musical has even been translated into several languages and has been produced in over 28 countries on six continents. Yes, uh, and the musical has given us some of the most popular musical songs in Broadway history, including classics like The Music of the Night, All I Ask of You, Wishing You you were here some, sorry, wishing you were somehow here again and masquerade among many others. Um, my favourite actually, well, I have two favourites. Um, one is Notes and mm. it was very well performed in this anniversary uh, rendition. Uh, it's just that ensemble and it's a, it's a funny little, and they banter back and forth. So yeah. I, I really like that one. Um, I guess Phantom, as I said, I want that to precede me when I come into a room <laughs> for that, for that thumping rock sound. Um, you need a cape as well. as well, I think, yeah. Of course. Yes. That's a given. <laughs> um, what about you? So, I mean, I love it all, I must say, but um, I have a particular favourite, which is um, his song, you know, when the Phantom sings down once more, you know, when we're coming right to the to the climax of, of that, right? Because it's all very dark and disturbed. Uh, well, um, why am I not surprised? <laughs> but how about performances? Um, because there have been different, um, so many different productions over the years. Yeah, so the thing is, I started listening to the soundtrack way before I even watched it. So I, I think I was eight or nine years old when mm -hmm. I started. So I was, and, and we used to listen to it like, you know, religiously almost. It's quite bad. Um, so of course, my favourites are Sarah Brightman and um, um, of course, Michael Crawford as mm. the Phantom. So um, a young Juliet, of course, would be performing, you know, all the roles. Um, of course. Um, of course, you know, <laughs> leaping up and down the stairs like she was the Phantom. It was <laughs> it was uh, great fun for me, not so much for the rest of the family. <laughs> but um, indulge me here, shall we? I do want to play that favourite song of mine. Here is Down Once More, sung by Michael Crawford um, from the Phantom of the Opera. you're doing that actually <laughs> <laughs> so I know it's sacrilegious um, to say anything about Michael Crawford so I'm sorry here but I my favourite performance um, is Ramin Karimlu mm -hmm. I feel that he has um, I mean his voice is amazing the power in it um, 
and uh, yeah, I mean, I've watched uh, YouTube uh, clips of Michael Crawford and Sarah Brightman. Um, not my favorite, sorry. No, no, not at all. <laughs> uh, so I, I highly recommend this 25th anniversary performance. Um, Ramin and Sierra, I guess they bring um, an, an, an energy to it as well because it, I guess, had been so many years since the original staging. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're two, they've got incredible chemistry together, Ramin Definitely. and Sierra. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I, I managed to catch the play, uh, the musical in Singapore, gosh, in 2007. And I must say, I was blown away. I mean, because I've listened to the musical, like I said, a bit too much mm-hmm. in my life. So actually watching it, um, you know, on, right in front of you in stage, especially for me, what really blew my mind was the catacomb scene when it goes mm. from from up to, you know, subterranean. Yes, yeah. um, the with trans- the fog and everything. With the fog mm. and the transformation. Mm. It was amazing. And of course, you know, when the chandelier falls, that was yes, that's right. something else. So, you know, if you, re- if you can do really catch the show you know it will be available for streaming on the show must go on the youtube channel at about 2 a.m malaysian time tomorrow the 18th of april i'm on there i'm on there yeah we're all gonna um watch party right um and but due to rights restrictions it will only be available for about 48 hours in um in, in malaysia um and on the channel you will also see several links to charities that you can donate to including the actors fund COVID 19 emergency relief because as we know a lot of people are out of job at the moment because mm. of the pandemic so every little bit helps alright that's a great recommendation for everyone this weekend we had, we had two recommendations of course that's the comedy festival and Phantom of the Opera so unfortunately that's all the time we have um, you can uh, tweet us your thoughts if you have anything you want to share with us at BFM Radio WhatsApp 018-789-8899 if you missed any part of the show catch our podcast bfm.my um, BFM app or Spotify uh, coming up at 1pm we have the Midday Music Machine But for now, we want to leave you with my favourite song, The Phantom of the Opera, performed by Ramin Karimlu and Sierra Bojas, taken from the 25th anniversary production at the Royal Albert Hall, BFM 89.9.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.